Welcome to the first episode of the Drop the Hammer podcast. Coming to you from Lake Orion, Michigan, I'm Ted Rodquist. Joining us from Muncie, Indiana, Ben Shuren. Ben, how you doing, man? Hey, I'm doing pretty good. How are you doing today, Teddy? Good. It's it's great to have the season right around the corner again. We, you know, the off season went by pretty quick. We got a, we had a busy weekend already. Got a lot to cover here today. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it was a pretty busy weekend and a busy off season. I would say myself too. And before we before we get into what we saw this weekend, I want to just take a look at the off season as a whole. Kind of talk about you know a winner and a loser, so to speak, of the offseason. You know, one guy who made a move that we really like and one maybe not so much. We'll, we'll start off with the one that's, that's not so much. For me, I'm not really high on Kurt Busch's move to Chip Ganassi. I, you know, I, I think Bush had a really good 2018 season, actually, that kind of flies under the radar. He f- finished seventh. He won the Bristol Night Race, six top five finishes. You know, I think he'll still be good at Chip Ganassi, maybe even win a race still to get in the playoffs. But I think he would have had a lot more sustained success had he been able to stay at Stuart Haas. Maybe there's some fences that needed to be mended there. I don't know. But I'm not extremely high on Kurt Busch to Chip Ganassi. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with that one. That one's a, that one was definitely going to affect Kurt Busch because he was incredible there. Um, I actually have uh, later on I'll uh, – I have my winner going into the 41 car, but my loser, I'm going to go actually down to the truck series. And I'm actually going to say my loser was Johnny Sauter. Um, he was by far the best guy in the truck series last year, had six wins, even though his average finish dropped from the year before. I mean, he was just absolutely dominant last year. And yep. all of a sudden in the middle of January, uh, GMS just decides that they were going to you know, cut ties with him, eventually going with Brett Moffitt. But, I think it was not really a mistake on GMS's part, but I think they could have done better to kind of give Johnny enough opportunities to find a top truck. Ended up at Thor Sport, but really their first season with Ford last year wasn't that impressive. So I, I got to go Johnny Sauter as my loser. I got to go close second though with Ross Chastain, but that was just a really unfortunate situation um, for both of those guys that happened due to sponsorship reasons. Yeah, you're, that's a that's a good one with Sauter. And like you said, they were they were just in a position where they could get Moffitt, and it seemed like he was the one that just was kind of the at the disadvantage of that and not necessarily anything he did. It was just some outside circumstances. Just a weird triangle of, you know, guys having sponsorship where others don't. You know, Moffitt was should have, you know, Hattori Enterprises decided to cut ties with Moffitt because he didn't bring enough money to the table. And all of a sudden, you know, maybe he picks some uh, up some money, and now all of a sudden GMS decides to replace Sauter with the guy that beat them, beat him in the championship. Really weird, but luckily Sauter uh, landed on his feet because him and Matt Crafton are kind of the last two staples of the truck series where they're down there and they're comfortable being in the truck series, being those veterans to uh, stick around. Absolutely, absolutely. And then for the for the flip side of the equation here, a, a move that I really do like. I'm gonna I'm gonna stick at the Cup Series level again. I'm gonna go with Martin Truex Jr. to Joe Gibbs. You know, I'm I'm not worried at all about him making the adjustment to it to a new team. We saw what he could do the last couple of years with with Furniture Rail Racing when he was arguably the best driver in the sport, and I think he's gonna fit in seamlessly at Joe Gibbs and. Be, be competing right until the end once again. 
Yeah, I, I agree with you. That's going to be an easy transition. I mean, Martin's still got Cole Pern there. Yeah. Uh, Furniture Row is basically a, a, a satellite Joe Gibbs racing team. That was a good one. I'm actually going to go with the guy who Martin uh, up preceded at Joe Gibbs Racing, uh, Daniel Suarez. Mm-hmm. I'm still big on him. You know, he had a really down year last year, which kind of caused the concern for Joe Gibbs to really want to keep um, Martin Truex instead of Suarez. But I think Suarez is going to kind of have sort of Eric Almarola effect where uh, he ends up, you know, going to Stuart Haas Racing and, you know, absolutely just finding his own. I think it's going to be a second chance of new breath of fresh air for him and I really think you're going to see him win a couple races this year uh, and kind of continue the success Kurt Busch had in that car, maybe a little bit more. I think it could be a Joey Logano situation where maybe he was rushed up the cup, but you know what? Given a second chance and a fresh new start, he's going to really succeed at Stuart Haas. Yeah, I agree. He certainly went into as good of a, a good of a situation as, as you could have hoped for. That that 41 car has been, been good for the last couple of years, and it's going to be interesting to see if, if – if he can keep that success going, definitely, definitely pulling for him. And then transitioning to, to this weekend, you know, our biggest takeaways here, I'm going to stick to what we saw in qualifying. What stood out to me was, was the dominance of Hendrick Motorsports. Um, you know, we saw William Byron um, become the, the second youngest pole winner ever. And, you know, his teammate Alex Bowman's going to start second. And then we saw Jimmy Johnson and Chase Elliott come in three and four for the first time that a team's ever qualified one, two, three, four at the Daytona 500 Hendrick motorsports to me. And I even saw an interview with Joey Logano where, where he said, you know, we can't, we can't touch what Hendrick has today, but we'll give it our best shot. They just seemed on a different level to everyone else to me. And the, the finishes obviously showed that too. Yeah. I, that's the way Hendrick is just absolutely dominated qualifying, not just at Daytona, you know, this year, but the past four years, I mean, I think it's it's just astounding, especially how good the Fords were last year, too, mm-hmm. at, at the plate tracks. So, and I think this is going to be a really key year. If the qualifying races go their way, they could still keep the top four, um, the top four starting positions. And that's going to, that's going to really affect the outcome of the race. I expect them to do what they did in 2014 or in 2015 when Jeff Gordon got the pole in his last season. And really, they put all four of the cars up front, and they really controlled the race. No one could get by them. You know, it was gonna. They tried to ensue the best they could that a Henrik car was going to win that race, and that's why I think we can expect them to try to do this year. It just all depends on what we're gonna see out of these qualifying races. But yeah, complete dominance. I agree with the Hendricks, and I. It's gonna be interesting to see how uh, throughout the year at the play tracks how Ford and Toyota are going to come back and try and uh, knock them off the pole. Yeah, it definitely is. And, you know, another thing we had this weekend, the uh, the Lucas Oil 200, the ARCA race, you know, we saw we saw Harrison Burton capture that win. You know, Jeff Burton's son ju- just turned 18 in October. He's, you know, this is already his third third career ARCA win. He looks like he's on the rise in the sport. Absolutely. And talk about all the development drivers Kyle Busch Motorsports has. I mean, people 
we're talking about Todd Gilliland, how he was supposed to be the next big thing. But yeah, Harrison Burton's flying under the radar. He was K&N champ a couple years ago. Just got that big win at Daytona one at Pocono last year. So Harrison Burton coming into the truck series as a as for his first full time year. I think him and Todd Gilliland are going to be two guys in that truck series that really come into their own this year. And uh, I think they're going to be two guys that you might have to look out for in the final four this year. Oh yeah, I could I could definitely agree with that. And then, you know, transition to the Daytona 500. You know, the the race coming up. I'll I'll let you take it wherever you want to take it. You know, who who are you looking for? What it, what are you looking for? What stands out to you about the the 500 coming up here? Yeah, before I go into my winner, um, it's gonna be really interesting to see how the race is run because the last two years it's kind of been. Everyone's gone all out the first two stages, and it's really just evolved into a wreck fest. And, you know, last year, everyone kind of – there was a lot of contenders that got taken out in the first two stages, where the third stage, it was kind of just going to be riding around single file until about, you know, last couple laps where some people were going to try and make some moves. But it's going to be really interesting to see how it's run. Um, I think it's going to be more of what we saw in the clash, people going single file. And really kind of saying, okay, you know, we could run hard in the first two stages, but in the end, the money comes out and at the end of lap 200. So, um, <laughs> as far as my uh, as far as my winner, um, just pick a race winner. I'm gonna go with Ryan Blaney. Uh, he's been strong the last two years at Daytona. Obviously, had second place in 2017. Um, even with that damaged race car, and then last year he had by far the best race car. It was probably going to win the race, um, barring that caution with like 10 laps to go. He really was strong. So I expect a very, uh, very vengeful uh, Ryan Blaine looking for some revenge, getting that lucid Daytona 500 win uh, that kind of has uh, gotten away from him the last two years. And then um, kind of a new segment we're doing, Eliminator, where we pick, uh, we pick one driver a week, and then you're not allowed to use that driver. Uh, for the rest of the season, and then you kind of um, add up the average finish at the end of the year of all the drivers you had. And uh, so for that one, the eliminator, kind of my pick is going to be Michael McDowell. He's just been absolutely so consistently good at the super speedways. Last year he finished ninth in the Daytona 500. He's got three top fives in the Daytona 500, so in pretty mediocre equipment at best. Um, so he knows how to take care of his stuff, take, uh, keep out of the wrecks. Plus, I mean, he was a threat to win the race last year in the uh, Coke Zero 400. So I'm gonna go with Michael McDowell for that uh, for that uh, for that reason. And we're gonna see a we're gonna see an underdog uh, get up in there in the top ten. It's gonna be him. I like that one. I like that a lot. And you know, this race, you know, obviously you have all off season to to think about it with it leading off the season. And all off season, I'd been thinking to myself, you know, I think this is this is Chase Elliott's year. I, I really like him. He's you know the the most popular driver in the sport. He's finally picked up a couple of wins last year. It's time. And then he has the ins- inspection issues and loses his crew chief to Atlanta. So that that changed my opinion. I'm going I'm going to go with with his teammate though. I'm going to go with Jimmy Johnson. I think after we saw Johnson fail to win a race last season for the first time in. I think it was it was 16 or 17 seasons, so I think he's going to look to start this year strong and get that win early this year. And then for the for that 
Pick'em, that Eliminator Challenge. I'm, I'm going to use a, a pretty big name pretty early, but like Jimmy Johnson, I want to get off to a strong start in this. I'm going to go with the, the defending champ, Austin Dillon. I guess solid Austin Dillon. He's really good at the play tracks. But, uh, yeah, how about those new inspection rules? I mean, those are those are crazy. I'm in huge favor of the disqualifying uh, cars, illegal cars after the race. I mean, that's it goes back to NASCAR short track routes. That's what they do just about all across the country. If your car doesn't mean inspection, you know what? You're not the winner of the race. And I think last year kind of NASCAR really – you know, letting the drivers have the upper upper hand kind of came to halt when Kevin Harvick blatantly cheated with that spoiler issue. Yeah, yeah. And really, that put him in. If they would have disqualified him in that race, that would have that would have taken him out of the final four. So I'm a big uh, fan of those rules for sure. Me too. Me too. I think I think they're long overdue. I think they are. I think they are. Well, I definitely I definitely am very interested to watch the Daytona 500. Um, all season wrong. You're talking about Chase Elliott. I'm actually, I actually thought William Byron would be a dark horse to come in and win this race. And what do I know? He comes in and wins the pole. So it'll be interesting to see how he does this year uh, with new crew chief Chad Knauss. It's pretty weird to hear Chad Knauss on that 24 car, but um, I think him and Jimmy Johnson are gonna have some big years. Uh, old Uncle Jimmy is gonna be uh, looking for some revenge for having really just a. Uh, very terrible year last year for his standards so i think it's gonna be it'll be a really interesting race this coming sunday for sure absolutely and and what you began to touch on what's neat about this time of year here is that we don't have this the standings yet we kind of have you know all sorts of possibilities in front of us in terms of who's going to have a good year and not thinking of a driver that you're really looking to take that next step this year a guy that you got big hopes for in 2019 for me, it's you know a fellow Michigan native just like us. I'm going with Eric Jones. Oh yeah, he he and the chase. He kind of had some bad luck, but um, playoffs. Excuse me. It's still it's still like three years later. It's still an interesting, uh, hard to get used to. But yeah, I agree. Eric Jones. It's gonna be a big year for him. And really, I think you can say all young drivers in general. You know, last year the all the marketing was well it's young versus old mm-hmm. and really eric jones was the guy to really get into victory lane for the young guns you know then that chase Elliott came on strong later but ryan blaney you know really just needed a christmas gift of a victory at charlotte to get his uh win at the roval but it was it was a tough year for the young guns and i think that goes to an overarching point it's a big year for nascar in general because there's a lot of uncertainty with kind of the way things are going with the sport right yeah, now. Yeah. The way it's all about pay-to-race drivers of these young kids who have connections with the corporate world and kind of, you know, the new restrictor plate package, which the fans are pretty uncertain of because it was good at some points during the All-Star Race last year and bad. So I think it is definitely a big year for NASCAR in the, in the end, especially with the young guns and uh, definitely with that new package because it's uh, – Times are not looking great in NASCAR right now. It's tough to say, but it, it's honestly the truth at this point. Right. I mean, I I think there's just there's a lot of opportunity for for the drivers. Really, I mean, we've seen a lot of a lot of big personalities retire in the last couple of years, and we're there's kind of a void that they're looking for someone to step up to have a lot of success and really become 
you know, that next fan favorite. You know, we saw Dale Dale Jr. and Jeff Gordon, Tony Stewart over the last few years. A lot of big personalities and fan favorites leave, which has hurt the sport to an extent. They're still looking to recover, and they're they're looking for someone else to step up, like we're seeing with Chase Elliott and hopefully William Byron or or Eric Jones, some of these other younger guys, and and really take the reins and and keep the sport going. Yeah, I definitely think Chase Elliott can be that guy. Um, you know, he definitely – it's going to be – and, and Ryan Blaney. I want to throw Ryan Blaney in there too, yeah. Oh, yeah. Blaney is a huge per- personality. And Daryl Walsh Jr. too. Absolutely. I mean, he's, he's got a great personality. They're You know, whenever you see him on television, they're always saying something funny or they're not afraid to take a shot at other drivers, you know, because that's just who they are. But, you know, so far they haven't had the success that they want they wanted but you know with this this play package coming up all three of those guys blaney wallace uh blaney even you know adding in eric jones and daniel suarez they're all pretty good restrictor plate drivers yeah heck daniel suarez almost won the all-star race over kevin harvick last year so it's i think it's gonna be a really good year in a sense where there's gonna be a lot of diverse winners i think you're gonna see guys uh on some tracks do rise to the occasion and maybe get a win in a, in a sense where last year they wouldn't have it. It would have been another Kyle Busch or Kevin Harvick uh, type of week. But I think that's what that I think that's the good that the restrictor play package is going to bring. I think um, kind of the bad to that. I think it is going to be tough to pass in the lead, like drivers are kind of voicing their um, displeasure for. But you know what? You got to also think, you know. Think about all the mile and a half tracks last year. There were a lot of snooze vests of race last year, in those, so you gotta kind of take the good and the bad with it. So, absolutely, absolutely, Ben, appreciate it, man, and everyone out there listening. Thank you, and we'll talk to you next time on Drop the Hammer.